It's the list no one wants to be on. The worst draft halls from the 2023 rookie class. Somehow one division winner's on there, but we're ranking them on today's Renner Ranks. This is Renner Ranks, the ultimate NFL ranking show. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into today's episode of Renner Ranks, your go-to daily ranks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. And a special shout out to those everydayers. Don't forget to subscribe, follow for free on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. I, of course, am your host, Mike Renner, NFL Draft Analyst on YouTube. And today's podcast is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWN for $20 off your first purchase. On today's episode... We're doing the worst draft classes from 2023, rookie classes. It's early. They can turn it around. I'm not writing any of these classes off. That's a lie. There's some of these classes I am writing off, but I'm not going to say that out loud when I talk about it. Yesterday, we did the best. If you haven't seen that one, go check it out. Some obvious names, some more on the radar names. These ones, there were only a few that really looked futile as rookies. A number of these still have some good things to write home about. But yeah, once we get to the top three on this list, it's going to get pretty barren. Not going to do honorable mentions here because of the nature of skewing negative. Don't want to write too many teams off. So let's get right to number five on this list. And it's a team that if I would have done these consistently over my course of my PFF career, would sadly be on a number of them. And it's the Jacksonville Jaguars. And now... So for all these, I'm going to go through the top 100 picks. After the top 100, it's basically you don't expect those guys to contribute anyway. So if they do have contributors from there in any meaningful manner, I'll mention them. But it's the top 100 picks that matter for your actual evaluation of a draft this early on and what those guys are looking like, how they're projecting to play a role in the future. And with the Jacksonville Jaguars, outside of Anton Harrison, who I – I truly do think it's still going to be solid and pass pro. I think he's going to be a plus pass protecting tackle, maybe never an elite, maybe never a pro bowler. I just never saw that from in Oklahoma, but I think he's solid and that's, you know, worth the first round pick. He was number 27 overall. And I thought he was okay as a rookie. So this is not why they make this list. They make this list because after him, they drafted Brenton strange tight end of Penn state, a backup tight end, mind you, because obviously Evan Ingram started there at number 61 overall which still blows my mind. I couldn't believe it at the time, but just there were still talented guys on the board there. Um, Yeah. 61 overall. He played 307 snaps. He had 35 yards as a rookie and he's a backup tight end. Maybe they're planning on moving out from Evan Ingram. Who knows? But they used a second round pick on a backup tight end. And then they used a third round pick on a backup running back. This was a, Okay, I'm getting excited. I'm getting worked up already. This was just not a good draft from day one. But Tank Bigsby was drafted 88th overall. He had 50 carries for 132 yards. He averaged 2.6 yards per carry with two fumbles. And this was the insane stat. He had one catch for six yards with three drops. Two of those drops ended up in picks. The man had about as bad a rookie season as I've ever seen from a running back. And they took him to the top of I even kind of liked Tanks Bigsby. Did not have him as a top 100 player. Didn't have Brent Strange as a top 100 player either. Um, and in retrospect, I think the Jaguars want to redo. And now, as we all like to do when we talk about the Jaguars, we're going to go through Trent Balky's top 100 picks for you since he got to Jacksonville in 2020. No judgment. Just going to list them off. You guys be the judge. You let me know if this track record 
is something you're a fan of. CJ Henderson, Caleb on chase on first rounders, 2020 LaVisca Chenault, Devon Hamilton, wide receiver LaVisca Chenault, DT Devon Hamilton next year, 2021 Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, cornerback Tyson Campbell, safety, Andre Cisco. 2021. I said, I wasn't going to editorialize. I editorialized. Sorry about that. 2022 Trayvon Walker, Devin Lloyd, your first rounders, Luke Fortner, Chad Muma, your center, Luke Fortner, Chad Muma, your backup linebacker. 2023, Anton Harrison, Brent Strange, Tank Bigsby. On to number four, <laughs> man. Um, Las Vegas Raiders, another stalwart of this list had we been making this list again since I've been working as a draft analyst. But this one just... This one hurt from the get-go. Tyree Wilson at number seven overall, the defensive end, who was admittedly a project, an older project, fifth-year guy coming out of Texas Tech. Only 493 snaps, only 24 pressures, and only a 47.1 PFF grade. And the thing that scares me about Tyree Wilson's rookie season is there weren't even flashes. It's not even like, oh, you know, he beat up some bad tackles, but then like good ones shut him down. He needs some more moves. It's like, man, there's like only a few reps that you can even point to that were encouraging. So yeah, not great. And he's the same age now as Gregory Rousseau, who was drafted in 2021. <laughs> and he's, he's older than Aiden Hutchinson, who is now obviously like a star in the NFL and was drafted the year prior. So not a great start there as a top 10 pick. Michael Mayer, pick 35, tight end, solid, 304 yards, 27 catches. I mean, no one was catching passes in that Raiders offense, so hard to really evaluate compared to the other tight ends who were in more prolific passing offenses, shall we say. But I think he's fine. After that, Byron Young, the Alabama DT, who was your quintessential Bama DT that goes day two. And then you just like never hear about him again, right? Like that there's one every single year that goes from like pick 50 to pick 100. And they're always just a run first guy. Everyone talks about how they're pro ready. And then they get to the NFL and it's like, why do we use that pick on a guy when we could have just signed any one, any defensive tackle and free agency for $4 million a year. That was Byron Young. He played 99 snaps for a defensive line that they had the gall to say why he wasn't playing more is because they had so much talent there on that defensive line. That is great coaching speak to say it's not his fault. We just have too many good guys on the Las Vegas Raiders defensive tackle position. And then they had Trey Tucker at pick 100, 19 catches, 331 yards, encouraging He's a one trick kind of gadget guy, though. I, I, don't, I don't think he's ever going to be like he, he's just kind of a spark plug. They knew that when they drafted him, they felt like a pick hundred. There wasn't much left. And there truly was not too much left, in my opinion. Although they were looking at wide receivers. You had guys like Dontavian Wicks and you had guys like Puka Nakua go in the fifth round who, you know, they maybe could use right now. I will say Aiden O'Connell, pick 135. There could be something there. He might be a capable backup for a long time, at least capable backup. 
could be spot starter type of guy. We'll see how his career develops, but that obviously looks like a good pick in retrospect. So Las Vegas Raiders fourth on this list. Before we get to number three here, today's podcast is brought to you by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes guesswork out of buying tickets. They are obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. It is the place to find last-minute seats. Find exclusive flash deals and sponsored deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. With zone deals, you pick the section, and Game Time picks the seats for big savings. With the Game Time Guarantee, you always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of that difference. Game Time takes guesswork out of buying tickets. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code LOCKDOWN for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets. Lowest prices, guaranteed. On to number three, where we're getting to scary hours, shall we say. With the Jags, with the Raiders, you had some redeeming qualities. Jags had Anton Harrison, Raiders, Michael Mayer, Aiden O'Connell. With the Washington Commanders, who sit at number three, there was not much to write home about, about this rookie class. Emmanuel Forbes was their first rounder, pick 16 overall. And something that I had, I think, tr- intentionally blocked out of my memory when do w- post draft until now was that they picked him over Christian Gonzalez. I remember on draft night being taken aback. I was actually, I'll just tell the story now. I was on the Bleacher Report draft show. They had Micah Parsons on the set with me. They had A.J. Brown in zooming in to talk about the picks as well. And they were, I don't want to say like laughing, but they were like excited that they picked the smallest corner in in, in, in first round NFL history. I mean, modern NFL history. They were, A.J. Brown was giddy that he was got to go up against this skinny 165 pounds soaking wet corner from Mississippi State the next four years. And he didn't really get to go against him because Vanna Forbes was benched as a rookie. 482 snaps. He gave up 636 yards on 318 coverage snaps. Two yards per coverage snap. If you give up over one, that's that's kind of like the barometer of good versus bad corners. Over one versus under one. He was at two. And then again, over Christian Gonzalez, who, yes, he tore his ACL, but man looked like a shutdown number one type of corner prior to that. I had Forbes 31st on my draft board. He went 16th. They drafted Quan Martin, the safety slash slot corner in the second. Now, 365 snaps, hard to say, but he was draft 47th. He was 85th on my big board. He was taking only two picks behind Brian Branch, so they missed out on Christian Gonzalez. Two picks behind Brian Branch. For those two positions, draft did not quite fall the commander's way. And then at 97, they got Ricky Stromberg, the Arkansas center. Juan Martin, obviously from Illinois. Stromberg, the Arkansas center. He truthfully was not ranked on my top 200. (laughs) They took him 97th, and well, he played only 26 snaps as a rookie, despite 
obviously some need along the offensive line. So we'll see how that works out for the commanders going forward, but tough sledding there. Truthfully, I probably should have put that one at number two. That's a, because not only was it like bad in terms of the impact, quite obviously, but it was bad in terms of the evaluation of like those particular positions and the talent that was there elsewhere. Man, oof. But I will say number two, we'll get to it right now, is not good. And it's surprisingly not good because this is a very good drafting team. And it's the Dallas Cowboys. At number, and we'll talk about why. Because I think with the commanders, there are some possible redeeming qualities in terms of the impact these guys could make. I don't know if I see that with the Dallas Cowboys. They drafted Mozzie Smith, the Michigan defensive tackle at 26 overall. He was supposed to be immediate run down nose tackle impact guy in that regard, right? That's why they drafted him. The run defense was an issue back in 2022. This was this felt like a, hey, we have to fix this. Let's draft that guy kind of. I didn't necessarily hate the pick, but it did just feel like a forced need at that point in time. He played 308 snaps, 47.2 PFF grade. And if you watch this tape, he could not legit, legitimately was a liability versus the run. Not only was not an upgrade, he was their worst run defending defensive tackle. They could not put him on the football field by season's end. So <laughs> that's not good, right? And then the second round, they went Luke Schoonmaker, the tight end from Michigan, who is now a backup tight end because – Absolutely, it's a good problem to have that Jake Ferguson broke out in year two last year's fourth round of the 2022 fourth rounder. But Schoonmaker was not only like, not only was the backup, but he was not good as backup. He had four drops on 13 catchable passes, only 72 yards, 388 snaps. And now he is legitimately older than Jake Ferguson. So he's not only his backup and will be for probably his entire rookie contract because Jake Ferguson has three, uh, two more years left. <laughs> He's also older than Jake Ferguson. Um, DeMarvion Overshone, their third round linebacker out of Texas, tore up his knee before season even started, unfortunately. So maybe some hope there for him. He was picked 90. I like to come out, but he was a project. Do needed to uh, add weight. So maybe the year in the weight room, not necessarily the worst thing for him. We'll see how he bounces back. Um, after the top hundred, they did get Deuce Vaughn at two twelve. So hopefully Deuce Vaughn does some things there. That'd be fun. But yeah, not. And why I say it's just because best case scenario from this draft class, you have you know a plus run defending nose tackle. You have a backup tight end, and you have an off ball linebacker coming off a knee. So so you know Emmanuel Forbes could turn things around for the Commanders. Quan Martin could. And like, and if they do, they're playing more impactful positions. There's no upside for this Cowboys draft, right? There's no next step to be had or turning things around. That's why I put them in the number two spot here. It's just, it's just a tough draft, man. It's just a tough draft. So I hate to see it. All right. Before we get to the number one slot here. Today's podcast is also brought to you by FanDuel. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. 
That's 150 bucks if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. All right. Number one. And I think we know it's the team that had the number one overall pick. And it is the Carolina Panthers. To recap, they had Bryce Yarn, number one overall. Now, I think everyone that so I was obviously high on Bryce Young. I thought he was a number one quarterback in that class, and I thought he had special playmaking ability. I still do. But everyone who kind of had that same opinion, there were a lot of people did, right? His day from Alabama was impressive. Um, but he had a lot of fans. But every single one is like wanting so badly for it to be the situation, right? No one wants to criticize him whatsoever. And he had a lot to criticize outside of even the structure there. But man, I think it goes to show that sometimes rookies aren't ready. That you like, there's, I don't think there's everyone and their mother, and it's something to think about with this year's quarterback class, wants these guys to start right away, wants to throw them into the fire, get the reps, they say. Was there anything that Bryce Young learned his rookie year? Like, is he better off for having gone through that? Does anyone think that? I don't think that. I think he would have been better off with a clipboard in his hand from August through January. Truthfully, there's like he developed bad habits. He threw the ball away more, broke pockets quicker than you ever saw him in Alabama. That was not any way, shape, or form good for his development. So just something to think about that. Not every guy needs to start right away that for as as much as like CJ Stroud, awesome rookie season. And and like some guys are ready. Sure. Some guys are in good situations. They can get it done, but rookies don't win Super Bowls is something to keep in mind. You got to play for year two. When you draft a quarterback in the first round, do everything in your power if you're a GM to make his situation as good as possible by year two. That's my opinion on drafting first round quarterbacks. Because again, you don't win Super Bowl three quarterback. Never happened. All right. But beyond that, they did not do everything in their power, the Carolina Panthers, to give him a good situation in year two because they drafted Jonathan Mingo at 39 overall. Um. If you guys haven't, no, I don't even want to bring up the play that I tweeted out about Jonathan Mingo, where he like <laughs> couldn't get two feet down on the sideline, like running full speed on a scramble drill. We don't have to talk about, it. but that one at the time was another like this is not revisionist history. Oh, I'm talking about some of these. That was one at the time where he was, I think it was at, right at the, I think it was number 100 on my draft board coming out. Like he was not a guy I considered any way, shape, or form a second rounder. And I'm just going to read off the receivers. The immediate receivers drafted after him. After Jonathan Mingo, it went Jaden Reed, Rasheed Rice, Marvin Mims, Tank Dell. Oof. Oof. Mingo somehow put up 418 yards as a rookie, 43 catches, but he was targeted 83 times. 83 targets to get 43 catches and 418 yards. My quick napkin math tells me that's 5.1 
or a little less than 5.1 even yards per target. Ooh, sheesh. Um, and then the third rounder was DJ Johnson, a guy who was not in my top 250, pick number 80 from Oregon. And lo and behold, TJ Johnson like couldn't see the field as a rookie. So yeah, I, I will say uh, not to, I don't want to be that guy. And now I did, obviously, I had BY as number one overall. But when Jonathan Mingo was on the board, my top player available was Brian Branch. When DJ Johnson came off the board, my top player available was Dewan Jones, the offensive tackle from Ohio State who went to Cleveland, started year one, and might have been the best rookie starting tackle in the NFL. Now, I don't think Bryce Young would be able to see over the 6'8 Dewan Jones, so they probably was never, we're never going to take him. But I'm just saying – I don't think being a GM is as hard as some people make it out to be. We're not some people make it out to be, but as some people like actually do it, not say I'm good at it, not saying I'm good. I'm just saying when they get on their high horse and they try to act high and mighty because they're a GM in the NFL, a lot of draft track records are worse than the athletic consensus board. It's just a fact of drafting. A lot of people are way worse at this than fans off the street. And it's, it's wild. It is wild to me. Um, but we see it every year. And unfortunately we saw with a few teams this past year that I highlighted here. So, man, I, I feel bad. I kind of went in there. I did. We get one of those every month or so where we get to skew negative and I relish it. I really do, but don't go clipping this up and put it on Twitter and trying to call me out. But these, this was fair analysis. I thought, I thought it was fair. If you guys didn't, let me know. Rest of the week, we will be doing biggest needs for AFC teams, biggest needs for NFC teams, and then I'll do a little favorite first-round draft pit fits, just highlighting. Or not even just, I won't do first-round. I'll just do, like, favorite draft fits. Some of my favorite player-team combinations that I've seen from – we'll do, like, the top 50 guys, like guys that everyone knows, and – places I'd like them to go. So that is the rest of the week here on Renner Ranks. Uh, the week after that will be NFL Combines. So we'll be doing some Combine Preview. Very excited for that. I should be in Indy, TBD on that, but we'll let you know then. Maybe staying with Austin Gale in his hotel room. Not like that, but you guys know what I mean. Until next time, Mike Renner, Renner Ranks. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team, every day.